This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome back into The Door Report, episode 256 on an icy cold and frigid Tuesday evening, January 16th, 2024. I am Will Byram, joined as always by my toxic-looking co-host, Trevor (laughs) Hewlin. Here at The Door Report, we are powered by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty. If you're a first-time home buyer or looking to move homes in the Nashville area, Corey Perkins is your man. You can reach out to Corey via phone call or text at 615-967-8623. Or you can reach out to Corey via email at Perkins at Realtracks.com. Realtracks spelled R-E-A-L-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Trevor, we're back, baby. Not a ton to talk about on episode 256. Might be a 30-minuter. Might be a quickie. You know, big fan of quickies here on TDR. 30 minutes is quick? For this context. Okay. It's an eternity <laughs> other places. But, Trevor, we've had an interesting day here inside of our apartment. Apartment, The maintenance staff just stopped by, but yeah. our heat went out. Yeah, if you're if you're watching the YouTube uh, and you're wondering why we are dressed like this, uh, it's because we're cold. Trevor, you look like... A new modern liberal male who just opened up a new coffee shop I like, in Nashville. I I look like I paint my fingernails, and I look like I love to manipulate women, you which look, I don't. I don't. I might. I don't paint my fingernails nor manipulate women. But you look like you're getting a master's in psychology. Actually, it's what you look like right now. Oh, I mean, he is. He has no response I mean, because that is what. I, what little is do you guys know, this is what I actually dress like during the cold weather. Yeah, Trevor. You're right, like this guy looks unbearable. Trevor, right before we started recording, said we both look extremely toxic right now. This is and I said, dress. no, and I said, yeah. Trevor, you look different. This is just completely normal for me. So I think Trevor was making a statement without making not, a statement not there. You're not toxic at all. Mm-hmm. No, right. your 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 pH all balance of, is neutral. All of TDR is toxic here, but on episode two fifty six, like I said, it's going to be a quick one. Not a ton to talk about, but we are gritty. We're still going to be trying to put out podcasts every single week, even during this shitty stretch of athletics. Vanderbilt football hires a new offensive line coach. We will touch on that and give a little background. We are officially one month away from the Vandy boys returning and saving us all. Please save us, Fandy boys. Please, Tim Corbin. Trevor will be giving a little bit of a recap on Vanderbilt women's basketball having their first in-conference loss, falling 65-63 to to Missouri. 
and we will recaps the wrong word, but just discuss the same stuff we've been discussing as Vanderbilt men's basketball loses their third straight conference game in the SEC to open up the SEC slate to Ole Miss, moving them to five and eleven and zero and three in conference play. But before we get into all of that and much more, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Door Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. It's now time for segment one. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Trevor, you ready to rock? This mic is so cold. It is cold. This mic is cold. I feel like I'm gripping an icicle. I have a thermometer on my alarm clock that measures the temperature. Uh, when we started recording episode 256 here, the inside of our apartment was 58 degrees. Yeah. So outside is much colder, but it dropped from like 70 to 58 in a couple hours. <laughs> we just kept periodically walking out of our bedrooms and looking at the thermometer and like thermostat. we would just thermostat. We would just take turns going, hey, it's dropping. And then you would go out and you're like, hey, it dropped again. And then I would go out and be like, hey, dude, it just dropped again. <laughs> Turns out, it seems, the insulation in our slumlord apartment here in Brenniok, not so good, not so great. A lot of, lot of draftiness going on. Me and Trevor. My window has a crack in it. Mm, perfect. That's right by my bed. So I just have a nice Arctic breeze coming in my bedroom. It adds to the lore of TDR living in the shitty apartment with shitty 1990s foldable doors in front of our... Uh, in front of our <laughs> heating unit and water heater. But Trevor, there's one thing un-Vanderbilt related we have to discuss. Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't know this was part of the podcast. Is, I did not warn you. Trevor, how are you feeling after what you witnessed last night? You were in bad shape. I went to my room to give you some alone time out here in the second half of that game. I could hear you yelling, sometimes in excitement, mostly in despair. What's the future look like for the Philadelphia Eagles? Jason Kelsey retiring at center, losing the staple of that offensive line. A.J. Brown, who knows, up in the air. What is going on? What happened? How are you feeling? Yeah, it was a bad night. It was a bad night. It was a good night to be a bad night. Um, I didn't think we were going to win. I I said that on the previous podcast. I I, I said it. So on record. So people are like, oh, that, 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 how's it feel? How's it feel? Also, Blake Froming is one. I totally know, dude, Blake, dance on my grave. You earned it. Here's my thing. I have no issue dancing on other people's graves. I do it all the time. I've been doing it since I had a Twitter at 11 years old. I will dance on your grave, and I won't apologize. 
So when it is time that your team beats me to dance on my grave, do it. I have no issue. That's that's the fun in it. The amount of Vandy fans that just for some reason hate the Eagles because of me is bonkers. I don't understand it. Can somebody enlighten me? Why do you guys hate the Eagles so much? I don't get it. I can tell you part of it or most of it is most of the TDR listenership are also Titans fans. And so part of it is that trade for AJ Brown. You got stuck with Kevin Byard. I think we discussed that on the podcast when that trade happened. I want and you were excited. I was I went, very excited. And I went, hold on, hold your horses. He's a, he's a shell of himself. That I was, was on some excited. episode a few, a few, yeah. uh, a few back. So I was right about that. Kevin Byard looks like he's about running at 60% speed. They should uh, put him in Gitmo. They should put him in Gitmo and throw away the key. And him and the... Stephon Gilmore. Am I thinking of the right guy here? No, we don't have to, uh, James Bradbury. Maybe James Bradbury. James know. Bradbury. I'm not thinking of the Eagles with oh. Stephon Gilmore. No, um, he's uh, with the Cowboys, I believe. Cowboys. Yep. He's really good. No. Well, he ain't well, in the playoffs. No, he no. Against like, against the that's Eagles, why I brought he, him up. He dogged us. Is Kevin Byers Stephon Gilmore? Time to learn Chinese, buddies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to the the Beijing Sharks or whatever, the Shanghai Sharks or whatever the heck they're called. Um, it was a rough night. Jalen Hurts looks like a shell of himself. He has absolutely regressed. Um, Brian Johnson, the Eagles offensive coordinator, should be put in prison, uh, and he should serve 25 to life. Um, Nick Sirianni has not been fired yet. Um, I was hoping to wake up to the news that Nick Sirianni w- was going to get fired. Um, he has not. Um, so, so you are on the fire Sirianni. Oh, dude, get him the hell out wow. of Philly. Do get him the hell out of Philly, dude. That dude sucks. Um, he's Quick a hook. He's a fraud. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Eagles fired Doug Peterson, and he won a he won the first Super Bowl ever, and they fired him for much less than what Nick Sirianni did. Some of my buddies were like. Nick Sirianni, not that bad, made the playoffs. We've had the, this is the worst collapse since the AFL merger. This is the worst collapse in NFL history. That hasn't included major, major injuries to the quarterback. No, yeah, no injuries, period. Outside of AJ missing the The, the, the the Missing him last night was massive. But that doesn't contribute to the fall apart we saw at the end of the season. No. Either, because he was healthy up until the final And he was still dogging, dude. So Nick Sirianni needs to be fired. Um, as, as my beautiful boy, Jason Kelsey has retired. Um, I think my favorite Philadelphia Eagle of all time, which is Fletcher Cox, uh, also made a very mysterious Instagram post. Um, I think he's gone as well. Um, the first Eagles player that I truly, truly fell in love with. Um, here's my dilemma. And we talked about this last night. We're going to fire Nick Sirianni. We're going to. I think we're going to hire Mike Rabel. Oof. And I don't know. I don't believe in reincarnation. But this is really good evidence that in a past life I was a really bad person. And I'm 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 paying for my my previous transgressions. Um yeah, dude, if we hire uh, if we hire Mike Rabel then I don't dude I don't know what I did to deserve this. It sucks because people are like, oh, well, you have the Eagles. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. They still suck. And now Vanderbilt always sucks. Vanderbilt has my heart. And the other professional team that has – the Eagles don't have my heart the way that these two teams do. The Eagles do not have my heart the way the Vanderbilt Commodores do and the way the Cincinnati Reds do. Since the Detroit Lions won the playoff game, you know who has the longest uh, streak without winning a playoff game or series? 
the Cincinnati Reds. So with the Cincinnati Reds have not won a playoff series since 1995, the longest streak in all professional sports. Um, so I don't know, dude. I'm in a bad place, man. I'm in a really, really bad place. And my my girls lost. My girls, my yeah. my my Vandy women's basketball lost for the first time in a while. Trevor, I do have one more comment about the Eagles. I want to get your opinion. You're a fan of some bad sports teams. You brought it All up. Of my this is a Vanderbilt podcast. All You're also a fan of the bad. Cincinnati Reds. I had a little bit of an issue. I know they collapsed this season. You're not allowed to just throw paper bags on your head and sit in the stands of a game when your team made the playoffs. No. You're we just are. not. We are. No, you're not. We are. That is... We're the biggest embarrassment in the National that's Football not League. not true. We are. You are allowed to wear bags over your head if your team is the Detroit Lions outside of this year, if your team is the Vanderbilt Commodores, if you're 2-15. and 15, You're not allowed to wear a bag over your head if you made it to the Super Bowl and then made the playoffs again. You're just this, not. This this collapse that the Eagles had this year is worse than the Detroit Lions winless season. Oh, Jesus Christ. It is. It is going from ten and one to this is the is is the worst collapse in sports history. The Titans basically did the same thing last year. Literally, no. they just didn't make the playoffs because it happened like a few game, a couple games early. This is the worst collapse. In so the Mike Vrabel should fit right in with collapses. Yeah, if we hire, I'm also I don't people are like oh Bill Belichick. I don't want Bill Belichick either. We discussed this. I want Shane second. Steichen. I'm on the record. I want Shane Steichen on the Mike Vrabel train. I personally don't think Mike Vrabel is going to have the gigantic list of offers. We talked about this last episode. Yeah, we talked about that last night. Local and national sports media seems to think Mike Vrabel will have. I don't understand the, especially the Tennessee local sports media. I don't understand the infatuation with Mike Vrabel. I don't think he's just going to slide right into a new coaching job. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he ends up with one, but I don't think that the fan base that hires variable is going to be over the moon in the way that the Titans media thinks they are. Yeah. Because he's not that successful. One season in 2019, won a couple playoff games. Other than that, Mike Vrabel has shown nothing. He's shown nothing that he can win when it counts in the playoffs. So that's my opinion on Vrabel. That's all the NFL coverage I think we will have. But where this- do you think he goes, by the way? Vrabel? Yeah. I don't know if he's a coach next year. Really? I, I He's not going to take a D.C. position for no. sure, and I don't see him being a head coach. But I could be wrong. I mean, he'll probably end up on one of these poverty franchises. Probably not. But I could see the Eagles. I could see the Eagles. It's a system fit, culture fit, just how you want it, Trevor. Here's the thing. if in Mike Vrabel is very outspoken about upper management, and Howie Roseman, the Eagles general manager, is known as a little sewer rat. That's not a derogatory term. That's in a term in, in which just equates him to he's just a survivor. He does what he has to do to survive. He's like a little rat. He feasts on trash. He, he, he'll bite you um, to inflict you with some sort of disease to kill you off so that he can survive. Um, like Phoebe. Like Phoebe is 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 she's going to make a meal out of you, brother. Um, also, someone who's been... Uh, Phoebe's also got a little sewer rat energy in her, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't think that would be a good culture fit. I think him and Howie Roseman would clash, and I think Howie Roseman would have his head on a platter within six months. This offseason, across the board, feels like the end of eras. Maybe that's every offseason. Maybe I'm just more tuned into it this year. No, this season's different. Belichick, gone. Saban, gone 
Local, locally, Pete Carroll, gone. Locally here with the Titans, Vrabel, Tannehill, likely Henry, gone. Jim, uh, Harbaugh, Michigan, gone. This is this is an interesting offseason. A lot of shakeup going to be happening. Hopefully, we will see a little bit of shakeup within the Vanderbilt men's basketball program once the season ends. We'll see about that. I doubt it. I'm starting to lose faith in Candace Story Lee. But there's a little bit of offseason shakeup that has happened since episode 255 on the Vanderbilt football coaching staff. Offensive line coach A.J. Blazik has taken the same position at Wisconsin and moved on. Interesting move by Wisconsin to take Vanderbilt's offensive line coach who produced one of the worst offensive lines in Vanderbilt football history with a good amount of talent on it. Interesting decision. I don't think Vanderbilt fans were overall that upset by that. No, uh, I'm honestly shocked that he wasn't a part of the group that was with the initial firings. Um, and we like Blazik as a guy. As yeah, a recruiter. A, a, also just as a human being, because I think that gets lost in translation that these dudes are human beings. He's a genuinely nice guy. And I, I do wish him nothing but the best. But Vanderbilt quickly found a replacement. Chris Klinakis, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Offensive coordinator last season at Kennesaw State. The offense at Kennesaw State averaged 26.1 points per game in the FCS, and the team finished 3-6 and six overall. A lot of previous Power 5-level coaching experience. Coached at Arkansas from 2010 to 2012, Iowa State in 2013, and Louisville from 2014 to 2018. Being the offensive line coach at each of those stops. Ended his tenure tenure at Louisville with a reckless driving charge. First degree, reckless endangerment, I believe. And driving under the influence and possession of an open container in his vehicle. Why he dropped down to the FCS level, but we love getting a discounted rate coach. That's a dog. Marcus <laughs> <laughs> will fit right in. I don't know enough about the intricacies of the offensive line to really dig into that higher. Very experienced guy. Seems like kind of a lateral move. I don't feel like Vanderbilt lost anything. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. If anything, it's a, it's an upgrade for Blazik. Yeah. I mean, oh, a huge upgrade for Blazik. So shout out to you for failing upwards, brother. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, but shout out to you. Before we transition oh. over to... Ba- oh, you got something? Uh, Lustig. Justin Lustig is no longer... Oh, uh, yeah. Officially gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, t- Talk about a shocker on that one. Um, I th- I think he's going... I forget where he's going, actually. It's been a whirlwind of a week already. Is it Notre- Just Penn State. Penn, Penn State. State. Um, before... Before Vanderbilt did all of the hirings and firings while the season was still going on, um, we had a source uh, tell us, actually the same source that that helped us break the Joey Lynch news, um, told us that Justin Lustig was not going anywhere and that he's, he's Clark Lee's right-hand man, so he was not going to get fired. Um, Clark thinks very highly of him, uh, and from what I've been told, he thinks very highly of Clark, um, but... Onward to brighter pastures at uh, at Happy Valley. Sounds like BS, like we were uh, spewed about uh, James Franklin when he yep. left for Penn State. Penn State just taking away everything. From just him. just continues to pillage us. But before we get into the early TDR cocktail break here, since this is going to be a brief 30-minute episode, we are officially, as I mentioned in the intro, one month away from Vanderbilt baseball. They tweeted it from the official Vandy Boys account. Number six, I think, in the most recent D1 baseball rankings heading into the season. A bright season ahead 
for Vanderbilt baseball, or I don't know if we'll do a full season preview for Vanderbilt baseball. Do you think we will? I mean, we can do a roster breakdown. A full season preview is, I mean, that's a tall task. It is a tall task. Trevor, I think it's time for a very early TDR cocktail break, and then we'll get into a quick recap of what we've seen from the Vanderbilt women's and men's basketball programs over the last week. So grab yourself a cold one and get ready because it's going to be a little bit negative. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back from the TDR cocktail break. Trevor looking like a super gremlin <laughs> over to my right right now. That's the only way I can describe it if you're it's watching so on YouTube. It's so big. It's <laughs> pause. All right. Trevor, Vanderbilt women's basketball loses to Missouri, moves to 16 and 2, I believe on the season, lost 65 to 63 to Missouri at home on Pride Night. Trevor Take it away. Any updates on Vanderbilt women's basketball? Vanderbilt women's basketball lost a game that they honestly should have handily won. Um, Missouri came into a Memorial Gym on Sunday at uh, 9 and 7, um, and they were 0 and 3 in conference. So not a great basketball team. Um, it was a slugfest, man. First quarter, Vanderbilt was only up by one point, 14 to 13. Going into the second uh, quarter, another slugfest. Uh, scored 15 points up 11. Uh, Mizzou scored 11. Uh, the said the 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 fourth quarter, Missouri is 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 where they really they really ran away with. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to Vanderbilt's 11, uh, giving the Lady Doors a heartbreaking loss of 65 to 63. Um, not the best performance for Vanderbilt star uh, star athlete Sasha Washington only had nine points. She was three for three from the from the charity stripe though, so that's impressive. Um, shot fifty percent from the field. Um, Jordan Cambridge had a had a good night. Played thirty one minutes, three of nine from the field, one of five from the charity stripe though. Not great, Jordan. We got to get those. Or sorry, one of five from three. I apologize. A uh, five of six from the charity stripe. That is that's very impressive. Uh, also, I'll preface, I did not watch the ball game, um, <laughs> so I'm just reading off the as my beanie continues to slip down my eyes. Um, slipped down and towards my eyes. She just scored 12 points with Jordan Cambridge. Dog, uh, coming off the bench, bench, that almost was a bad word. Um, Camille Pierre, 16 points as my beanie falls off. Six of 12, <laughs> six of 12 from the field, um, from the free throw line. Three of seven. Not great. Um, the Vanderbilt had just hit their free throws a little bit better. They were 13 of 18, um, but they could have, if, if they just made two or three more. Three more free throws. Three more free game. throws. You win the ball game. Um, shot 72% as a team uh, from the charity stripe. Not great. Uh, Lady Doors drop a game that they definitely should have won. Uh, very unfortunate. But uh, those games do come, and hopefully this is a wake-up call for our Lady Doors. Still a good season so far. Hopefully they 
don't spiral. And hopefully this wasn't a facade that everyone bought into early in the year with an easy schedule. Yeah. Early in the year for the Lady Doors. It was an easy schedule. So we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for Shea Ralph and Trevor. We'll continue to provide high-quality Vanderbilt women's basketball coverage. On the men's side, no shocker here. Doors lose another one. Vanderbilt loses to Ole Miss, 69-56, to moving the Commodores to 5-11 and overall, 0-3 in conference. I have it written down here in front of me. Vanderbilt currently in the net in the NCAA net ranking, sitting at number 249. Nice. Sandwiched in between perennial college basketball powerhouses, Milwaukee, the Bucks out of the horizon, and North Dakota State out of the Summit League. Hey, so that is, where, that is where the Vanderbilt Commodores men's basketball program is currently sitting. Only sitting at 191 in the Ken Palm. So not so shabby there. Oh, no, hey, that's hey. at least it ain't 200. I'm not going to go through the whole box score. It's pointless. Uh, this was exactly the same issues we have seen the entire season from Vanderbilt. Yep. Can't score. No. It's simple. This team cannot score, they cannot shoot, and they do not have size on the inside. Vanderbilt shot 60% from the free throw line, 12 of 20 as a team. Vanderbilt shot 22% from the three-point line, 4 of 18 from the field, and shot 37% overall, 20 of 53 from the field. Once again, coming off the bench, Jason Rivera-Torres, the only guy off the bench with over two points. Jason Rivera-Torres had 12 other leading scorers, Tyron Lawrence with 14, Ezra Mignon with 11. But there's really not much to dig into. This team just can't shoot, they can't score, and they have no identity. No. This is a broken roster. There was one quote in particular from Jerry Stackhouse that got some play. He just keeps on giving, baby. I mean, every time you think Jerry Stackhouse has said something that is going to infuriate the fan base, you're like, no way he can possibly top this. He tops it yeah. by making more and more excuses and more and more shifting the blame away from himself somehow. I'll play the full audio on this, but Billy Derrick tweeted out the quote, friend of the pod, in quote from Jerry Stackhouse says, best team money can buy when referring to Ole Miss. That's where they are, and that's how they approached it. They got it done. It's about adding experience. You go into the portal and add juniors and seniors. We don't add juniors and seniors to Vanderbilt. They just don't transfer to us. They just don't. <laughs> Maybe I'm, that's uh, your fault, Jerry, since you're in charge, since of the you're in charge of the portal and the roster and the strategy. I understand kind of, I think, what he's saying, which is it's difficult to have guys transfer in as juniors and seniors. But I'm going to go ahead and play that full quote because Billy Derrick also tweeted out the full audio clip because people did not believe that was a real quote from Jerry Stackhouse. So here it is. Let's hope this audio comes through clearly. And you, you look at their roster, and they're really a veteran team, but just a, a, a bunch of guys that are fifth-year seniors, juniors, and seniors. Yeah, best team money can buy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's where they are, and that's how they, they approached it, and they got it done again. It's, like, it's about adding experience. And yeah. Then when you, again, you add juniors and seniors. You know, you go in the portal, you get to add juniors and seniors. We don't add juniors and seniors at Vanderbilt. They just don't transfer to, yeah. to us. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. And so we know that. We try to... Um, we do go in the portal. It's more about uh, freshmen and sophomores who can uh, we can get into school and, and, and grad transfers who, who, who make sense for us. But it's hard for you know grads to come in and grasp everything that we you know we try to do you know both on the offensive and defensive end. Right. Um, but I mean, I give these guys credit. I thought they they come in and play hard, uh, but 
It's just, uh, you know, they, they, they got, got a nice roster. They yeah. went and added some guys that, you know, obviously those, those seven-footers changed the game for us. I mean, there's a lot of rim protection around there to get get the hands on offensive boards. They're big, big targets on the inside. You know, we went zone, kind of stymied us a little bit because they were able to post up against our, our bottom guy in a 1-3-1. Um, so we got away from that a little bit. Morrell kind of got us out of that, too. You know, we lost him a couple times in, in that, and he made us pay. I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, you're in year five. You built this roster. Mm -hmm. You're complaining about the lack of juniors and seniors on the roster. You had guys transfer out of this program that were key contributors with experience. Mm -hmm. Juniors and seniors and grads. Jordan yep. Wright, Miles Studi. If that's such a big concern for you, Maybe you, you have to them. keep those guys. Yep. You have to retain those guys. And if you're incapable of retaining talent, then you're a shitty head coach at the college level. Absolutely. It's simple. I don't know what's so complicated about this for college coaches to grasp. Blaming the talent on your roster is crazy. It's your fault. You're yeah, in charge yes. of the roster. That is your responsibility. That's your job. This team had not enough experience coming into the year, not enough size, and not enough shooting. Guess what the main problems are right now on the roster? Not enough shooting, not enough size, not enough vocal experienced leadership. Yep, not enough loquacious defenders. Not enough loquacious defenders. We knew the problems headed into the season. The problems are exactly what we expected, and now somehow Stack is trying to spin them each press conference. There's really, I, I mean, at this point, I'm not really complaining that much about what he said. There's really nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, as my watch decides to speak to me, there's there's nothing to say at this point. The cards are on the table. The cards have been dealt. Vanderbilt's the worst team in the SEC. And I think it was George Plaster today was actually discussing this and said, Vanderbilt basketball has been completely irrelevant for seven years. Yeah. And the longer that this is allowed by the administration, the harder it is for the next guy to pull it out of the depths that it has fallen to. Exactly. And that's kind of summarizing what he said, but that was the gist of it. And the longer that the Jerry Stackhouse tenure continues, the less opportunity the next coach is going to have to actually bring back what Vanderbilt basketball was just 11 short years ago. Exactly. And, and we, we, are, we are a pro Candace Story Lee podcast when, when necessary. It's time. We to have, were. We were. It's time to have a dialogue. The longer she and and. and I get it. Midseason firing not going to happen. I disagree with it. I think that's BS. Um, I think you should have fired him uh, before conference play. Um, but to continue to sit on your hands and knee, uh, sit on your hands uh, and not do anything about this, and continue not even to release a statement. I mean, not even not even to come out and say, "Hey, we're just we're, this is not what we want. This is this is not how we expect Vanderbilt basketball to be." Just total radio silence from her, and it makes you wonder. Do you, do you even care about Vanderbilt basketball? I mean, you you you're a, a Vanderbilt alumni. You played basketball for this program. And you know, you of all people, you of all people know, as somebody who has played in that gym, knows the quality of basketball that Vanderbilt has been for decades. As I burp off mic, and you just you just sit on your hands. I mean, I mean, my God, last year after the Bama game, she came out in the Tennessee and and be like, well, what else do you want her to say? Uh, say that that loss is unacceptable, but instead you come out and vocalize support in the Tennessee and for Jerry Stackhouse. Now is not the time for support. Now is the time for change. Now is the time to show fans that you care. And you're like, okay, well, if you fire in midseason, you're basically calling it quits in the season. Yeah, 
The season was dead after game one. It's time to come out and show the fans that you mean something. That's what you win now. I get it. You're going to lose basketball. Probably some people think that they might win a conference game or two. I'm not there. Well, you're like, okay, well, you're leaving possible wins on the table. Who cares? A couple of SEC wins is not going to bring this fan base back and, and give support for Jerry Stackhouse. You have to make a statement now. And and once again, we thought this administration was different, but they continue to show signs of previous administrations that Vanderbilt fans have been so sick and tired of and that they just stay silent and they don't do anything and they don't bring about change. Whenever you bring about change, whether it's the right move or the bad move or the right move or the wrong move, it at least shows the fans that you see there's a problem and you're trying to fix it. You sitting there, just total silence, insinuates to the fans, you don't care. The apathy within the Vanderbilt fan base <clears throat> when it comes to basketball is the most telling. It, it's not, yeah. you are past the point, I think two years ago, the voices were a lot louder yelling about change. And people were actually more angry about what they were seeing on the court a couple years ago. Now it's the same staff, the same guy sitting as the head coach, and there's less yelling yeah. because people are completely apathetic. They've Don't given care. up. And that's the toughest part. That's the part you need to rage against. Mm-hmm. Rage against the dying light. Rage against the apathy. And at this point, you're you're inching close to somebody's going to have to bring this program completely out of the dirt yeah. if you're not already there. So something needs to be done soon. That's about all I have for basketball. Anything else you want to add there? And then we can get into uh, briefly the release by Vandy United. Well, dude, I mean, and and I'm 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 so pro firing Stackhouse. If you do it at the end of the season, I'm and it's like you said, you would have a hard time bringing this team out of the. Where do you go? Like where? Like where does where does this program go from here? You have to fire him, but like so much damage has already been done. I mean, this is that's the part. The damage has already been done. The longer this goes, the longer the standards of the average fan are going to continue to slip. It used to be a massive disappointment to have a team not make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Now I'm tempted to come on here and say, I just want a competitive SEC basketball team. That's it. We're on the brink of talking about it like we talk about football. Exactly. Which is the saddest part of all is it used to be you were allowed to say 0-3 in conference and 5-11 is just fucking unacceptable. Absolutely. There's no other term to use. It is unacceptable and completely below the standards of Vanderbilt basketball. It's disrespectful to the tradition that we have seen inside Memorial. Now it's just like, well, maybe next year they can turn things around and have a winning conference record. And last year they were 11 and seven in conference. Jerry Stackhouse was coach of the year last year. Well, they still went to the not invited tournament. They still got dumped in there. And they still got dunked. They still went into the NIT. That's the goal now is to play in the shitty secondary tournament. My God, anybody defending Stackhouse at this point, just staple an L to your forehead because you're a fucking loser. If you're defending Jerry Stackhouse, mm-hmm. you're fine with being a loser. Yeah, and and it's such a shame because, like we just said, we're almost to the point where we're like, okay, we just want a competitive basketball program. That is how we have talked about the worst football program in all of the nation in Vanderbilt basketball or in Vanderbilt football for years. All we have said for so long is, man, just look competitive. 
I don't even I, I don't even care if you win. Just go out there and and and, and give them your best shot. And we are talking about a historic Vanderbilt basketball program, and we're looking at them like that. We're like, man, you know what? Just go out and and, and hang tough against. Just Ole do Miss. your best. Do your best against Old Miss. It's not good enough. Uh, unacceptable, man. Not good enough. It if that was your best, it's not good enough. If this is your best so far, even with injuries, it's not good enough. It, it's not saying even if there are outside forces that are acting upon this Vanderbilt roster. And there's injuries, there's suspensions. Doesn't matter. It's not good enough. Mm. This is not acceptable. One more thing I want to get to before we close out a short episode 256. Vandy United released some updated renderings and some updates on the facility renovations with the football, with the football stadium being the main focus of that. Trevor, me and you were included in the in the hype up video. Yes, there. we were, dude. So little local celebrity action going on. We we I tweeted it and we talked about it whenever we saw the video, but like I know there was somebody in Magoogan who was like, "Hey, you can't include those two guys in there." Like, do you like we I get it, it's a great clip. We cannot have them in the video. But they used us so dogs to that <laughs> whoever edited that video, dogs. <laughs> that was a, I I ended up doing some lip reading and I and we're both like chanting in the camera one more time because the Vanderbilt band always and into shout out to Vandy Panda shout out to Mark. Uh, they have incredible, incredible tailgates, absolutely wonderful tailgates. Whenever it's football time, go over and, and see their tailgate. I would say they're the only tailgate that rivals lot two. lot two, the goons on the Island. All I'm saying is the Vandy band, Every weekend was like, we need to go see these guys. We got to go play for these guys. They did it for nobody else, but they knew. They knew there's young guys. They bring the energy. They don't sit there like they're old, uh, geriatric, blue hairs. They did a good job. They bring the noise. They did a good job in that video, how they cropped it. You can't see our beverages, our red, our red solo cups. We had that, a lot of beverages in that video, so we did have a lot of beverages. You also had a great uh, quote earlier, whatever we were talking about it, about the video. I'll whisper it to you, so don't take your. <laughs> Me and Trevor were both <laughs> tethered to reality by Zens. <laughs> In that video, you can see, I have sunglasses on, thank God. I Otherwise... think that was the tailgate. I like, dude. I'm not a big drinker, and I immediately showed up, and Joseph West gave me, like, a shooter, the worst shooter I've ever had in my life. I, I downed it, though, and, like, I just sat there, and I was like, I don't feel good, <laughs> and I ate to, like, to like sober up. I was like, I ate, like, 10 pounds of barbecue <laughs> that tailgate. I ate so much barbecue because I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> But you and your dad are just watching me eat just down. copious amounts of pulled pork, and y'all that are like, "Tummy was wow, oh I'm dude, sure. I took the world's worst dump in that porta potty. <laughs> it was bad. That poor porta potty. <laughs> there was but, some like old lady waiting on me at the end. And I was like, I like look. I just I didn't even say anything. I just like looked at her and like in my mouth, just like, in shame. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm but so sorry. Just for as what an update, did. because in my head. All of the upgrades were supposed to be complete before the 2024 season. That's not the case. I think the north end zone upgrades are scheduled to be complete before the 2024 season. I guess. The south end zone upgrades will be complete before the 2025 season. Because I 
I think this was also Billy. I may have seen it somewhere else, but Billy Derek tweeted out a video of the updates of where the actual construction mm-hmm. was, and everybody was getting excited about it. I saw the updates of the construction and had the thought of, that's it? Mm-hmm. That's all we've got so far? Yeah. You're going to slow down during the winter months. Mm-hmm. This was peak time during the season, so now you've got basically six, seven months before the new season starts. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be pushing it to have that north end zone complete before the season. We'll see. Hopefully it, it comes to fruition quickly. I think so, too. And I, I saw that in the note, in the notice to the public, they're already I got the email, too, from my ticket rep. He's like, hey, premium seating. Go ahead. Claim yours. Um, if you want to sit premium, that's totally fine. But I just want to let you guys know. I will not be premium seating. We will be in Section F. Section F. Get your season tickets where the in Section Razors are. Patrick Sawyer was tweeting at me saying Section A was better than Section F. Dude. That's where I'm moving from. I mean, yeah. If, if Section A is better if you like to sit there and not make a difference. Section A is not better. Section F, you got me. You got Big Joe West. You got Braden McPherson. You got Justin Kemp. Axel. Axel. Jack Barton would show up sometimes. How he got in and out of security, I don't know. And now you have Will and his father. You have Will and Mr. Steve Byram. So much pent-up aggression, violence. You know who's the most violent of them all? Tommy Hewlin. You look at Tommy, you say, what a sweet man. No. He's got a... He's got 60-plus years of pent-up pissed off aggression and he's there racing hell every week he stands because whenever he sits his knee locks up on him so not only does he stand because he loves the doors he stands because if he sits down he can't get up so come to section f stand with tommy stand with will stand with joe if you're an a you're bozo what a beautiful way to end episode 256 grab your vanderbilt football season tickets inside of section f For myself, Will Byram, and my co-host, Trevor Hewlin, this has been episode 256 of The Door Report, powered by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty.